0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com.
1: Hey, this morning, um, um, today we we are going to talk about the resurrection, and and we're going to end our our service this morning receiving communion together as a family. And uh, last week it was funny because I had a friend who's kind of tongue-in-cheek, he asked me, he said, uh, he said, so what's, what's, uh, what, what do you got up your sleeve for Easter, Easter Sunday morning, right? You're preaching, right? So what, what's happening? Is it going to be another run-of-the-mill Easter message or what? And, uh, you know, I, he said that, and, you know, I, I went along with it. And inside, I, I was a little defensive, right? Because I'm thinking, Psh, no way, this is going to be the best Easter Sunday <laughs> of all time, Right? I'm going to say something that's never been said before, and uh, internally thinking, oh, man, I better ramp this up. But then I I sat with it for a second, and I said, well, hold on a second. You know what? Yes. Yes, I am. This is going to be a run-of-the-mill sermon. I'm going to run this sermon right through the mill, and here's why. Because the resurrection, it still has as much creative power today as it did 2,000 years ago. (laughs) You don't need, we don't need any more creativity to add to the resurrection. You don't need, you don't need eloquent speech. You don't need wise sounding words. We need the word of God and the work of Jesus Christ to do its full work here in our lives and in our presence. Come on. That is the resurrection. That's why we're still talking about it 2000 years later. It hasn't stopped working. As soon as that stone rolled from the tomb, creative energy and life has been spilling out of that tomb ever since. Renewing all things, not just us personally, but renewing the entire world, all of creation. And that's what resurrection is doing and will continue to do for all of time until the until the kingdoms of this world becomes the become the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ. That is what he's up to. And so, yeah, why do we do this every year? Why do we talk about resurrection? Why do we, you know, put nice-looking lilies on the stage and, and, and wear pastel colors and eat deviled eggs, which, by the way, I'm going to uh, start a petition to change the name of deviled eggs because no glory should be given to the devil for such things. These are angelic eggs. <laughs> Heavenly eggs from now on. Just ban it from your vocabulary. Jesus' eggs. So we talk about resurrection because it's still working. But then also, we talk about resurrection. Why do we talk about resurrection? Because as the people of God, we have to continue to rehearse the story and the narrative that there is more than death. All of us in the room will taste death in our bodies, in our mortal bodies. And some of you have experienced the wrecking ball of death and disease. You've experienced that. And if there's ever a time, we have to be reminded of who we are. We have to be reminded of an identity that we have been given. The resurrected Christ is not just a good idea out there, but he he, he has come to take a residence in our very bodies. And for those of us who have tasted death, for those of us who've had a hard year, who have those questions, resurrection is a story that we rehearse lest we forget that death is not the final word. I was saddened to wake up this morning and see that in Sri Lanka there were several bombings this Easter Sunday. In churches there is bombings in a few churches and hotels about 200 people lost their lives mostly believers on Easter Sunday. And I found myself just praying for them in solidarity just like Lord be with them, comfort them. But I'm just telling you right now, can we just agree here that the enemy picked the wrong day to mess with the church of Jesus Christ. The enemy picked the wrong day and if there's ever been anything that we've seen in church history, it's that this, when believers are pressed, they are never crushed because the Spirit of God is buoyant. It's not, it's, it's, it's not unlike taking a basketball and trying to push it to the bottom of a swimming pool. The further down you push it, the higher it flies when it comes up. The people of God are buoyant, and I'm just let's just pray together. Can we take a moment and pray for our brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka? Lord God, we just send life over. We sent we stand with our brothers and sisters, Lord God, and the and the and the martyrs, those who have just lost their lives where the enemy thought that he was taking something. We thank you, Lord God, for resurrection life on this Easter Sunday to explode in the church over in Sri Lanka. Lord God, I thank you, God. We just pray that the the seeds of the martyrs. would would fall into the soil that would give birth to a new move of God over in that country, Lord God, that the spirit of revival would sweep across, Lord Jesus, as the church is pressed. We thank you, Lord God, that you are not pressed and you are not crushed and you are still present and you are still at work in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we talk about Easter because we need to be reminded, but then also we talk about Easter and resurrection because we Resurrection is more than just us being saved from death. We're thankful for the cross. We're thankful that Jesus took the consequences of sin upon himself and reserved us and, and preserved us from death. But it is more than that as well. Because Jesus died on Passover weekend and we know that Passover... Passover is, was the, the time where the people of God were in bondage and slavery in Egypt and, and the Passover lamb had to be put on the doorpost so, so that they would not die, that they would not perish as, 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 as the Spirit of God swept through all of Egypt. And so the Passover lamb, yes, it preserved them from death, but that wasn't the end of the story. God is not just about us not dying. The the, the full story is that God's full intention was to liberate the children of Israel out of Egypt and deliver them into God's purposes in another land. And in the same way, can I just remind us here today that this is so much more than not dying. It's about God working on your behalf, exploding out of the grave to deliver you into the purposes of God in your life. And so that's why we do this, because God is serious about us living resurrected lives. Amen? Amen. Amen, amen. Hey, we're going to open up the scripture this morning. If you have your Bibles, First Peter, chapter one. And Peter writes to a, a people that need to know that they've they've tasted the pangs of death. The great wrecking ball. They've tasted this. They've experienced confusion. They've experienced persecution. They've experienced questions. They have been scattered like the four winds all across the land. So the Apostle Peter writes to them with a word of encouragement. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Kept in heaven for you. How can you not smile when you read that? Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Somebody say amen. I love this. I love this passage. And this is nearly 30 years or so after Jesus died and was resurrected and ascended. And he's, again, encouraging Christians that have been exiled, they've been sent out, displaced into all areas of of Asia Minor. And they were experiencing all, all kinds of abuse, overbearing bosses, unbelieving spouses, ridiculed by skeptical neighbors, um, persecution was looming, it was violent. And so from this place, Peter addresses them, and it's, what I love about this passage here is it, it really brings us to this question, how, how can we have the strength of spirit in times of great stress and anxiety, not just to endure the evil day, but to be filled with inexpressible joy in the midst of it? You guys realize this morning that God has called us as a people not to just endure the stress and to push through the pain, but to be filled with joy in the midst of it, inexpressible joy. And sometimes it just all seems really, really big, though. And I know some of your stories across the room. I know some things that have been walked through within this community uh, this last year. And sometimes the things of life, these things that we go through, is just, it just feels really big. It feels sometimes we, we don't know what to do with it. And, and even the nature of, of, of darkness itself seems to have its own gravitational pull at times. Some of you guys saw this last couple weeks. There was a huge breakthrough in the science community. Uh, uh, they found a way to take a picture of a black hole. In outer space, all right? This has never been done before because black holes absorb light, and so they had to form, form like brand new technology. So, lo and behold, everybody behold the black hole. That was about my response when I first saw that, too. It's like, wow, for a black hole, that really kind of just looks like a donut in the sky. But it was, it was amazing, though. This particular black hole was taken. This photo is taken with Event Horizon Telescope, and this is uh, this black hole is in a galaxy called M eighty seven. And uh, do not fret because it is fifty three million light years away. Okay, but you should know that this black hole is the size of about six point five billion. Um, what do they call them? Six point five billion basically suns, okay? So imagine the sun. This is 6.5 billion of them, all right? And if you don't know what a black hole is, it basically is swallowing up everything around it. So particles, light, and stars. Is anybody freaking out yet? (laughs) And it's basically this vacuum out in the universe that's just sucking up everything with it. And inside the black hole, we don't really know what goes inside a black hole except that the laws of physics no longer apply. Like, it, like the, the matter becomes infinitely small and infinitely dense. I don't know if that means anything to you, but it sounds really important, right? <laughs> and so it's still kind of a mystery what's happening in, in, inside of a black hole. And uh, the laws of physics break down. Now, why, why would I tell you this? First of all... You deserve to know. This is happening, all right? There is a giant black hole vacuuming up the universe. And uh, I feel like that's something we should talk about. I don't know. Just wanted you to be aware as, as a pastor. Um, but I, I, saw this, I saw this image, though, and I, I started getting into it. It's amazing looking at how, how vast some of these black holes can be like this one, but they can be as small as an atom, and black hole that is as small as an atom actually has the mass of an entire mountain. That's how crazy these things are. But you, you look at a black hole like this and just this, this force that has this gravitational pull. And you know, as I was looking forward towards Easter, I was just I thought it was very fitting that as moving towards Easter Sunday and resurrection, we have to remember that that Jesus, when he went into the tomb, the tomb more, a sense, more, more or less was the black hole of sin and death. No man had gone in before. Nobody knew how to come out the other side. But Jesus, on our behalf, and, and this place, this, this gravitational pull towards sin and death that we all experience, he went into the tomb, he went into the black hole, and he did not avoid it. He did not work around it. He did not sail around it. But he went through, and then he punched a hole on the other side of death. That's what he did on our behalf. And I love though, I love though that, that what happens with the people of God is, as we, as we're learning to walk in resurrection, we're taking these little forces that pull us all around us that, you know, this has been put up in the universe almost as a sign of like, there's these things that pull at us, but the, the life of Jesus is meant to break us free, to live a life of freedom, to live a life of joy, inexpressible joy and peace. Amen. And so this is, the, this is the, the spirit through which Peter is writing to the believers. And he's saying, listen, I know that you're going through these things, and you're suffering even for a little while. But his encouragement to them is this. According to the great mercy, God has caused us to be born again to a living hope. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. That seemed to be enough for Peter. Peter. In fact, that seemed to be enough for the, for the early church to be born again to a living hope. And that language probably is not unfamiliar to you. And we know that language, being born again, that's like, that's, it's a phrase that we use. It's actually probably become really just common and familiar to us. And, it, and it, it takes us back to John chapter three where Jesus is interacting with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is asking about the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus says, unless one is born again, You will not enter the kingdom of God. We must be born again of spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but when I have pondered that concept of being born again, most of my imagination stays in the zone of personal transformation. Like, I imagine being born again. I'm like, okay, so there's a new kind of birth, and that just means I'm going, something's going to unfold and blossom within me. But I'm basically living my same life, but there's going to be something so radically new with inside that, uh, that, that that's, it's basically that's what it is. Being born again is just about me becoming a different person. But I want to suggest here this morning that as we look at what it means to be born again to a living hope, that we have to remember that when we're born... We're not born into a void. Nobody was ever born into a void. We're always born into something. We're always born into something. For instance, I was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana in 1983. Any 80s kids out there? That was pathetic. (laughs) But I appreciate the, the one woo in the back. Ronald Reagan was president. Every breath you take by the police was in the top 100 songs. Anybody? Come on, please. Yes! Yeah, and I was welcomed into the world by my mother and my father and my brother. I was born into, I was born into a place. I was born into a point of time. I was born into a, a context. I was not just born. It wasn't just a personal transformation. I was, I was born into something. I was received and welcomed into the world, into a real thing, Right? And that's what happened in 1983. Now, why does that matter for us? It's really important that we understand that just like these children who, were, who, who demonstrated their faith in, cross, uh, faith in Christ in the waters of baptism, don't you love the picture that when they came up out of the water, they were surrounded by men and women and children. They did not rise up into just them and Jesus. They were born again into a family, right? Right? We've been born again into something, and that's what we have to remember. Is that probably for most of us, when we were born, even if both parents weren't there, I, I'm going to guess that maybe around the room, most of us were born into the loving gaze of a mother or father, and, and we were welcomed in by somebody that was waiting for us before we ever came. Anything about that? They were waiting for us. And so, that really confused look on a baby's face when they come out. You know, and they're like, the baby's like, what just happened? And they just get, just get handed around and they look up at mom. That really confused face is not the face of, who the heck are you, right? That face that they, they look at you with is, oh, so it's you, right? Because they were anticipating being born into the loving arms of somebody who is waiting for them, right? And that's what I love even about my daughter, with all my kids. When I was, my friend Shannon took this photo. But I, I love what I love about this photo is, my daughter wasn't born into nothing. She was born into arms. She was born into affection by my wife and I. She was born into. Our beliefs for her and our faith in who she would become. She was born into prayers. She was born into our family. She's born into a kiss. She was born into anticipation. And it's really important for us to know that when we're born again, we're not just born into nothing, we're born into a living hope. What if? Being born again is, is, is realizing that as we come up that there was living hope that was waiting for us the entire time. See, that's the thing about hope sometimes is we think it's about us hoping in Christ. If I could just hope enough In Christ, all of this will be be made better. And obviously, like, hope is a verb that we use. But when we talk about the living hope, we're talking about a person. We're not talking about just something we're doing. We're talking about something that God is before we ever showed up. And why is that good news? Because there are those days where we don't have enough hope of our own to make it through the day. And how good of news is it that when we were born again, we weren't just born into trying harder. We were born into a hope, a living hope that was waiting for us the entire time. See, when we opened our eyes out of the waters of baptism, we should, we should feel the nearness of God, we should feel the loving gaze of the Father and of the Holy Spirit and Jesus and said, Yes, we've been waiting here this entire time. We can't wait to show you around. It's a new world that we've been born into. And it changes everything. It's not just about us hoping harder. If I can just hope harder. And yeah, there's those days where we are kind of hanging on. But the good news that we are excited about today, the good news that got us out of bed this morning is that God cares more than we do. And he was hoping long before we did. And he had his purposes set before we ever breathed our first breath. And when we, he welcomed us into his family, he was welcoming us into his strength and his momentum and his power to fulfill his purposes in our lives. That's a word right there. And so we are born into a living hope. <clears throat> We're raised by hope. We're parented by this living hope. We're matured by this living hope. We're disciplined by living hope. We're taught by living hope. We're provided for by a living hope. We're cared and comforted by a living hope. This hope is not passive. This hope is active, is active. In our lives, even when we feel hopeless. And that's why I think Peter was so eager to write about this. Because if there's ever a guy that needed hope, it was the Apostle Peter. The only guy we're aware of that was called Satan by Jesus. That's worth mentioning, right? You probably feel a little hopeless after being called Satan by Jesus, Jesus, Peter just didn't understand what Jesus said. Jesus said, I have to go to Jerusalem and die. And Peter said, no, you will not, right? You will not. He put his foot down. You are in timeout, Jesus. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, because only Satan would try to, only Satan would think that way, that, that, that overcoming would be any other way than, than giving away your life. And, and so, so even Peter was a man He wasn't sure what this is all supposed to look like. He was confused. And even after Jesus says, you are going to betray me, Peter says, no, I will not. Even though if Jesus tells you your future, you probably should just say, okay, you know. And Peter is just stubborn and says, no, I am not going to do that. A few hours later, Peter denies his association with Jesus. Right? And even before that, after Jesus came to clearly demonstrate His way, when Jesus was arrested in the garden, Peter says, "All right, war, war time, battle. Let's let's throw down. It's battle time. I've been waiting for this." He takes the sword and whoosh, whoosh, cuts off the guard's ear. And Jesus, is like Peter, come on, bloop. You know, <laughs> that's what it sounded like. And so Peter was a man. He was very familiar with failure. He was very familiar with with not feeling enough, with the shame of not knowing enough, not being smart enough, He knew what that was like. He had tasted pain himself in his own life. He had his own questions. So I think it's fitting that Peter would write this letter as one who was the recipient of this great hope, as one who who could have easily defined his life by failure, failure and what he was lacking. And instead, he writes and says, no, 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 by God's great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and its inheritance that will not perish. And I love the way he starts this chapter, even before this passage. He says, I, Peter, am an apostle on assignment by Jesus, the Messiah, writing to exiles scattered to the four winds. Not one is missing, not one forgotten. God the Father has his eye on each of you and has determined by the work of the Spirit to keep you obedient through the sacrifice of Jesus. May everything good from God be yours. And I just wonder how many of us need to be reminded of that. Those of us who don't feel like we measure up. We've been caught in these poles. We've been pushed and pulled our entire life. Or maybe it's been a, a year where it's, just, it's, it's, it's been difficult to continue to rise back up and to, continue to get back up. And you wonder what is God's heart for you. Maybe you feel displaced. Maybe you feel like you're in a season of transition. You're not quite home and you're not quite where you feel like you need to be, and you don't even know how to even talk about that. It just feel displaced. You feel like an exile in your own life. I just wonder if, if for you this morning, if the good news to be, to, be, to be reminded of this morning is that not one has been forgotten. You have not been forgotten by Jesus. May every good, may everything good from God be yours today. You are not forgotten. And we continue this passage from the message paraphrase. And let's just receive these words as Peter was writing to the church. Let's receive these words as well today. What a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead we've been given brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us in the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. I know how great this makes you feel even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out comes out of it, proves pure. Genuine faith put through the suffering comes out, proves genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking forward to, total salvation. Thank you, Jesus. You can clap on that one. That's okay. So we're recipients of mercy today we're recipients of God's great love and we've been born again we've been invited into this new land this new way as we open up our eyes God is bombarding us with hope on every side he's training us he's teaching us to see through the lens of hope and I just want to pray for you this morning and in a moment we'll receive communion and we're going to sing this song again this song about living hope, and we're gonna end here with a, a song on our lips singing to not hope as an idea, but hope as the person who is alive and present among us. But this morning, even before we take communion together, I just bless you. I bless you with new eyes to see. I bless you to be born again. To a living hope, to see totally differently that you have been received into a new kind of life. You have not been born again to just be isolated. You've been born again into the beautiful fellowship of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. May your heart know that it is not forgotten. May you have the strength to overcome. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I just want to invite you. We have tables in the front. On both sides and we have a table in the back all the communion is gluten free just so you know um, and we're going to invite you to come to the table and come back to your seat we'll pray one more time together and then we're going to sing as we leave so whenever you're ready you can come to any of the tables and come back to your seat Jesus this morning as we hold in our hands cup of your blood and the, the bread broken for us as your body was we thank you Jesus that you gave yourself to us fully despite our shortcomings despite our failures despite the things that pull, us, pull at us from every side. We thank you, Lord God, this morning that you said that your, your body is true food and your blood is true drink and the world knows nothing of this. We thank you, God, that we've, we have tasted and seen what the world has to offer. And nothing compares, Lord God, to the nourishment that comes from your love and your covenant towards us for all the time. And so this morning, Lord Jesus, as we remember the cross, that we remember the Holy Saturday as well, and the waiting time in the tomb. And especially today, God, we remember that third day where you did breathe again and your body was mended back together. So as you opened the tomb, Lord God, not only would you defeat death, but you would prove once and for all time that you have power and authority and dominion over all creation and it's all been given to you. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are seated at the right hand of the Father and you are strengthening us in our bodies day by day to walk in the power of your resurrection. So as we partake this morning, Lord God, and even for those of us right now with our eyes closed, that as we partake these elements and enter into your death again, Lord God, that even as we open our eyes, our eyes would be open to see that we've been born again to celebrate we've been born again into the fellowship of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. We've been born again into a living hope that is not dead, that is not static, that is not outdated and expired, but you are the living hope, Lord God. You are good for all of time. Remind us today who we are. Remind us who you are. And it's in Jesus, it's your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's receive the elements together. We leave this place is to leave knowing that we're going, we're we're being born again into a living hope. All right, let's keep our eyes open to what God is showing us. And this morning, before we leave, we offer every Sunday morning a time for additional prayer. We're going to have some ministry team members up here. Today is a great day to be healed. All right, it's a great day. It's a great day to receive healing in your body. If you have any of the physical conditions that we have on the screen here in a second, we would love to just pray for you specifically about these things. And uh, if you need prayer for anything else, don't rush out the door. God is here. God is among us. And let's just agree that God wants to encounter us here today. Amen? Hey, also, just something for fun. As you guys leave this morning, there's going to be a little photo booth outside. So you can just kind of make sure if you, if you, you know, you brought the bonnet or the, you know, you, you did this or whatever. Um, you know, let's get a photo. Let's get a photo of you. So out in the foyer, uh, there's going to be opportunity for some photos. And guys, your Jesus eggs are waiting for you at lunch. Your angel eggs are waiting for you. And I just want to bless you as you go. Go in the power and the strength and the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. Love you guys.